Let's chat about how to get what you need for your home when you don't have a lot of cash or credit. You can do that at Aaron's. Rent to own appliances, furniture, and tech from top brands like HP, Samsung, and Ashley. But say you don't need it anymore. No problem. At Aaron's, you can return your product at any time or even upgrade it for something new. Life's always changing. With Aaron's, your stuff can change right along with it. Keep it, return it, upgrade it. Aaron's fits your life instead of the other way around. Approval isn't guaranteed and some restrictions apply. See your local store for details. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also make you feel totally in control? Enter Conair Girlbomb. They're like your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results. Made just for us. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip to the professional-grade blades. Say goodbye to settling for less. With Conair Girlbomb, you get the precision and power that used to only be exclusive to men's tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. What's up? It's Lift Service, and you know we're starting every episode with a woman on top, courtesy of Delion. And today we are giving a toast to Kimberly Godwin. She is a veteran of local and national TV news operations, and she is the next president of ABC News and the first black executive to run a broadcast network news operation. Now, Kimberly Godwin actually is a graduate of Florida A&M University, the School of Journalism and Graphic Communication, and she's also a veteran award-winning broadcast news executive. She'll be overseeing Good Morning America, World News Tonight, 2020, Nightline, 538, The View, and This Week, which is huge. So congratulations. She is joining ABC News in May at CBS. Prior to this, she supervised 400 domestic and foreign affiliates, the unit's national news deck and its bureaus and standards and ethics, among other duties. So congratulations to Kimberly Godwin. She is our woman on top this week. Woman Ooh. on top. And yes, Luria, we are drinking out of the yes, bottle. Yes, we are. And I still got the, Friday. I got the wrapper on it and everything. Well, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad drinking in front of you like this, but I'm going to have to do it. You, you, it's all love. <laughs> but Devon Franklin is here and he has no expectations for you guys, just so you know. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> of course he does. He loves us too. Stop it. I do. I do. <laughs> and he loves you guys, which is why he has no expectations. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> so let's talk about this because, Devon, you have a new book that's coming out May 4th. So can you yeah. tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, it's called uh, Live Free, Exceed Your Highest Expectations, and it's all about how to set expectations. You know, in my experience, so often uh, everyone is living by the expectations of others, uh, their friends, their family, their upbringing, their partners, uh, but not really living by their own expectations. And so as a result, they're not living free. When you and I don't live free, it means we are under the control emotionally, spiritually, mentally by someone else or something else. And so this is all about the power of learning to set expectations for yourself. Uh, you and I can live the life we were created to live. Uh, and that's what the book's about. It's all about understanding what expectations are you living by. Are they that you're choosing in the area of personal expectations, cultural expectations, 
uh, relationship expectations and professional expectations. And this book gives you the tips and tools on how to set expectations in every area of your life. Devon, thank you for writing this book for me because I definitely need it. Okay. <laughs> Did you write it? I heard, to I heard it comes out May 4th. I think you had me in mind while you was writing this book because yes. I definitely can use this type of motivation and push to um, realign myself into where mm. I need to be. You know, we got a little preview of it, right? Because they did send us something right before we actually are recording this. And one thing that I want to bring up is, you know how people always say, okay, it's not you, it's me in relationships yeah. when they're when it's time to break up. But right. according to you, if you have a problem with your spouse, the problem isn't your spouse, the problem is you. So can you explain mm. that? Yeah, because so, so often in my experience, this is the easiest thing to do. I'm in a relationship. I'm having a problem and I do this. I point the finger. That's easy. So easy. And most of the times in my experience, it's not this, it's this. It's like, okay, is how I'm looking at it? Is this here? Because if this, if this is coming up in my relationship, is there work that I need to do on myself that I haven't done in the past? I was in the past. I, I got the note that I needed to do work. I didn't want to do it. I broke up with that person. And now I'm in a situation with a new person and the work comes up again. Right. So am I just going to keep pointing the finger or say, okay, wait, maybe it's me. Maybe I got to do the work on me. Maybe I got to look at my perspective. Maybe I am actually contributing to the situation I really don't like. And maybe I got to communicate more. Maybe I have to set my expectations clearer. Uh, so, yeah, I don't believe that it's them. It's actually us when there are relationship problems, because so many of the problems in my experience, we can resolve. Now, it doesn't mean that that person or that situation, maybe it's incompatible. But before jumping to that place and saying, oh, you know what? This person doesn't treat me this way. Well, do you treat yourself that way? Mm. You know, this person doesn't do what I want. Well, have you ever asked them? Have you ever? Mm. Here's what I expect. Can you meet the expectation? So often we, especially in a relationship, we act like just because the person loves us that they know. It's not true. They don't know. Mm. Just because they love you doesn't mean they can read our minds. So I wrote that in the book to give the reader really a clear view to say, wait, maybe I got to look in the mirror. I got to think about me. And what problem I'm actually contributing to instead of just being so easy to point the finger. And here's the reality. We point the finger and we get out of something. What is, we take who we are, where we go. And whatever work we didn't do, it's going to be there. Whenever we get to the news, it, it's always. So why not do the hard work of getting the work done in, this, in the situation? Even if you, I'm not talking about anything abusive, but if you're in a situation and you don't like and the relationship isn't great, I would challenge you to do the work that you need to do on yourself. Get that work done. And then you move on from a place of peace. Wow. This relationship was a great teacher. I would have never dug deep into my trauma if I wasn't forced to with this particular individual. So instead of leaving in anger and frustration, I leave in a blessing. Thank you. Doesn't mean we're compatible, but I'm so glad that we had this moment because I would have never figured out who I was. Well, what if the issue is that like you keep, picking the same type of person and in a sense where it's like not working for you because maybe maybe it's not really you you know what I mean as far as when it comes to having to fix inner issues but maybe you just feel like all right let me give this person a chance now is that still like do you feel like that's still like an inner issue within someone where they keep picking somebody that may need to be like helped a little bit along the way I just found this out which was kind of shocking to me in that, you know, I'm the middle child of three boys and my father was an alcoholic uh, and he ended up passing away when I was nine years old, um, when he was 36. 
And I recently found out that a lot of children of alcoholics, adult children of alcoholics, one of the defining traits is finding people that you can save. Wow. Because you couldn't save your 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 parent. You you took that in and now you find now you find projects. Yeah. Of people that right. you can save, right? So so in the question, it makes me think of that because so often if there's that pattern that's repeating itself, it may be because you got to go back and look at your upbringing, look at what was the trauma that you may have experienced and how come you're seeing these patterns. Maybe there's some unresolved issues or maybe there's a revelation about your upbringing that you got to come into uh, alignment and agreement with that then will help you break the cycle, Mm -hmm. you know, and then also look at uh, what, if I'm finding the same person and that person is someone exactly I want, then I have to ask the question, am I who I want to be? Am I, am I actually who I want to be? Because maybe I'm attracting those that are being attracted to my presentation, but mm. not who I I was going to say, that's interesting because we're always told to have expectations, right? Aren't we always told to be like, okay, you got to make sure that people are at a certain level. You got to have these expectations and people should live up to that. And we also have a lot of expectations placed on us. And I know you discussed that in the book because it just feels like people will always tell you, okay, well... You know, you got to stop settling. Well, well, you know, it's, it's it's settled by whose definition. You know, too often, especially when it comes to dating, everybody got an opinion about something they don't know nothing about. What's right for you is what's right for you. And, and, and just because someone, and especially when it comes to dating, there's so much pressure. You know, you got to get in this type of relationship, and you got to do that. And then now you're now you got to get married. And then once you're married, now you got to have kids. And if you don't do what's expected at every turn. There's a temptation to internalize that. Well, what's wrong with me? Then I get in a relationship. What's wrong with me? They haven't asked to marry. What's wrong with me? I don't have kids yet. Then you get kids. What's wrong with me? I don't have the right career. You get you, you see how crazy this is? Because we keep living for everyone else's expectations. That's why I wrote this book. Right. It's all about living free. You gotta set expectations for yourself. You gotta decide who am I? How do I wanna live? Where do I wanna go? And guess what? I'm gonna take control over my life. Because I am tired of living for everybody else and not living for myself. And there's a difference. This is really important. I don't ask people to be selfish. I ask people to self-prioritize. And there's a big difference. When you and I are selfish, it means we want what we want and we don't care how we get it and who we hurt along the way. When I self-prioritize, it means I take care of my well-being before I can help enhance your well-being. Now, Devon, you know this is lip service, so now we got to take it to the bedroom as we're having these conversations about expectations and right. about prioritizing yourself. So how does that translate into the bedroom with a partner? Look, don't get the scratching now. You, you get that. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello? <laughs> was delayed. I, I wasn't scratching. I scratched when it was <laughs> This is great. This is so important. So a couple of things. We talk about setting expectations. It comes down to two questions. One, is it realistic or unrealistic? How do you know? Is it in your control to do? If it's your control, I argue that it's realistic for you to expect. Number two, is it spoken or unspoken? If you have an uncommunicated request or expectation, it's an unset expectation. So in order to set expectations in the bedroom, you got to look at both of those things. What's mm-hmm. in your control and what is what needs to be communicated. 
in my experience, too often you come to the bedroom and you one try to control what's it, what's not in your control, which is how the other person performs. Mm-hmm. Two, <laughs> an expectation of what they're supposed to do that you never even communicated. <laughs> hey, you know, let's talk about this. Here's what I like. Here's what I don't like. What do you like? What don't you like? Too often, we just you just get in the room and expect, oh, magic just happens, right? And they don't produce the magic. Oh, that wasn't good. So, no, if you really want your sex life to go to the next level, you got to set expectations. You know, you got to say, okay, well, what's in my control? And maybe when you want someone to please you or us, it's like, okay, well, what are the things that I like to begin with? And how do I start to communicate those things instead of just expecting that somebody who does not even know me as well as I know me is going to know how to please me. And then here's the other thing. When we talk about living free, this is where the issue of sex, especially when you're single, and, and this is where sex completely imprisons so many people. How? Because when I when we talk about living free, living free means I am not under the mental, physical, or emotional control of anyone or anything. So now let's apply that to sex. You you in the room or whatever you choose to do it, and it's mind blowing, right? But the person they don't know you, but they have spent thousands of hours perfecting their ability to blow a woman or a man's mind in the bedroom, right? Mm. So now <laughs> they got you. So they may not even be right for you, but it felt so good. Right. It you sounds amazing. <laughs> Mind blowing. Where is he? Right? You don't live free because you need it. You know, and then what happens is that is the sex begins to then cloud the judgment and cloud the perspective. And then let's do the opposite, right? The opposite is what if you're in a situation and it's not meeting your expectations? Ooh. And it's less than what you want, right? You <laughs> <He> say, ooh. <laughs> you know, it's less than what you want. You know? the, 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 it is, it's not blowing your mind. You know, not even uh, uh, stimulating you in any way. Right. Because maybe there's a comparison to what was before. Mm. You're having an expectation that somebody that you're sleeping with now is supposed to perform like someone you slept with then. Mm. And that expectation could be, that expectation could actually be destroying a good thing. Devon, you've said so much just now. Hold on, we got to I know, down. wait. Right. We got to unpack some of these things. First sorry, of sorry, all, sorry. you get me going. I can yeah, slow down, slow down. Now, Gigi and L'Oreal. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever had a conversation about things like before the first time you had sex, things you don't like and, you know, like, please I don't have, do that. Look, please I haven't. So what are those things, Gigi? One thing that I don't particularly care for is when receiving oral, being fingered at the same time. Like, I don't really need your fingers. You know, your mouth is just good enough. So um, if, in fact, that comes up in conversation, that's something that I definitely will let. uh, How does that come up in conversation? Just look at it like this. If we're going to dinner (laughs) and we're like chilling and we're like vibing and it's just like, yo, just to let you know, we never had sex yet. (laughs) 
But if you do eat my pussy, please right. don't stick your motherfucking well, finger up there. I'm one of those type of women that I will ask a man if he right. if he does it. Like, mm-hmm. is you are you eating pussy or no? Because a lot so of men see, will say I they would, don't do it. So right, I ask yeah, men if like, it's I, if you, they do. If like, you see me eating them buffalo wings, you like you ain't gonna put that finger in me. I no, no, yeah, so that's how it would come up because I would really ask a man if I plan on having sex with him. Um, are you a pussy eater? Is this something that you enjoy? Is this something that you like to do? Because and it's then something once, that I enjoy. And once he says so, yes, you're like, okay. By the way, when you're eating, well, I mean, pussy, you know, I, yeah, don't put the I'll finger up there. So, See, I'm somehow, not like I would that. Slide that in, but y'all know I'm very blunt and open, so I, I'm I think more so in the moment I would do it, and I would be like. No, like yes. I would stop you. I wouldn't mm-hmm. just be like, let's talk about this. I'm more <laughs> of a like in the moment kind of person that's like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't like that. Like if, if a guy, if I tried to stick my finger up a guy, if you know what I mean, <laughs> if he tried to stop, I wouldn't talk about it beforehand because I feel like that's not so sexy. You know what I mean? Like that's not an in the moment thing. And I'm like more of an in the moment type of person. So I feel like if we're discussing everything, like, listen, when we do have our first kiss, don't da 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 da. I don't feel like I want to give an instruction guy. Cause I feel like, <laughs> and not to say that that's what you were doing. Cause mm-hmm. obviously you were saying what you like, but in my mind, when I say it or lay it out to me, it would be like an ex- instruction guide. And I'd rather be like, Oh, I don't like when he did that. And kind of like, either explain to him at that time or cut him off. But I can't, me personally, I can't see myself being like, all right, before we have sex, don't put <laughs> here, here the don't rules. do this, don't do that. <laughs> and I like this and don't use lube because I'm wet enough. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I wouldn't understand how to do that personally. But you're, but you're already identifying what's important to you and what isn't. So you're yeah. prioritizing exploration. Right. You have an expectation of exploration where you just want to initially explore and then you can sort out the finer points. True. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. The expectation is like, hey, I like to explore. If this goes down, let's just see where it goes and we can talk about it after. Okay. You, you right. It's clear. Okay, great. Bet. Now, if there's certain things, you know, like the deal breakers, and you say, hey, this, is, this goes down. I, we ain't going to be no future, so I need to let you know. <laughs> If it's that important to you, okay, cool. You know, it really comes down to what works for you. What you works stick that you? finger up there, you're done. You should communicate that. And then also, what expectations do you have of your partner? Like, do you have things that you're like, he better make sure that I blah, 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 you know? Because think about it. Sometimes, as we all know, the first time you're with somebody, it might not live up to what you want. But it also is a period of time where you have to figure each other out and be able to, like you said, after you explore talk. And sometimes, the, like Devon was saying, those expectations are so high. You want it to be mind blowing and then it's not. And maybe you just give up instead of saying, let's try this, you know, a few so times. That's not compatibility because maybe that's where I mess up on things because I look at it like, all right, let's see what's going to happen. And if it works out, then this is meant to be. And if it's not, then maybe it's just not because we're not compatible. Maybe our parts don't fit right. or Because, you know, like some people could be like, oh, my God, the sex is so crazy. And God forbid you might know that same guy or woman that had and sex be with like, them before. Ooh. And you're like, it was <laughs> like it was terrible to me. You know what I mean? So I just feel like some people are compatible and some are not. Mm. So I feel like even if you break down the rules. It's like it's not going to work because that's just not your fit. You know what I mean? And that's how I usually 
move and live, and maybe that's why I'm not married or in a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but honestly, in that, in that, it's like, yeah, okay, great. So you, you could live that way. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's like gambling, like roulette or something. <laughs> but maybe, but maybe because there isn't enough communication about what is expected, mm-hmm. and that it's just like you get to the point where you get frustrated because you're like, yo. You need to know, and if you don't know, I'm out. Well, not everybody knows. Yeah, you know, right. and then also, not only people can be teachable, but also sometimes it takes time to say, "Oh, got it. This is how this is, and this is how the rhythm goes." And then also, if this is somebody you really care and love, as you all are growing in love, it becomes a greater capacity to give them the opportunity to learn how to please you, and then also for you to be willing to learn how to please them. You just in this area, you can't communicate enough. And right. when it comes, if everything else is going really well and the sex isn't quite there, you know, maybe that's the area where you got to set the expectations the most and also give the most opportunity for growth and to learn. Because, you know, listen, you have known you for as long as you've been on this earth, right? Right. And this person, it may, it may be only a couple months, maybe a year, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, you know, and again, it's like, yeah, sure, somebody can hit the mark immediately sexually, but then you got to look at like, oh, what else is going on, and how happy are you in other areas? Right. You know, mm-hmm. and you got to find the balance too, right? It's like, all right, I'm happy in this area. The sex still needs work. All right, I'm gonna do the work on the sex because I want to be with this person. I see a future. You know what? I don't see a future, so all I want is a sex. All right, well, my expectation if the sex ain't good, I'm out. You got to then determine how you see this person, what you really want from the situation to then know how to navigate the right expectations. Now, I want to ask you this, Divine, about something that the game put on social media. And I want to get your thoughts. Okay, he said, everybody different, but it just ain't in me to let my woman share the worry of paying for anything. I feel good carrying that load and I'm not changing. If you're lucky enough to land an independent woman who works her ass off and still comes home to cook, clean, take care of kids and go crazy sexually, let her stack what she makes. In case y'all need it one day and still handle everything as a man. Why she got to pay half the rent? She giving you half the pussy? And then he said, M-words kill me. Since the beginning of time, real men have always taken care of shelter, providing, and protecting. And if you ain't got it, go get it. Because that is some high expectations to place on a man that he's got to take care of everything, even as you stack your own money as a woman. So what are your thoughts about something like that? You know, again, I I think you got to live free. You can't, as even as a man, be under the mental, uh, emotional, or physical control of anyone or anything, or any idea. And and too often, you know, if that works for a man and a woman in their relationship, and that works for them, I think it's dangerous when you start to take ideas and then apply it across the board. Because, you know, there are some women that, you know, are saying, hey, look, I'm, I make a certain amount of money, and I actually want to contribute. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that actually brings me joy, you know, and and I don't want a man who just wants to do everything because then what happens? Come on, let's just be honest about us as men. Not every man is doing their work. So when a man pays, there's an expectation with what comes with that payment. Control. Control. Yeah. yeah. Manipulation. Manipulation. I'm ringing L'Oreal's bell because I've been there. <laughs> Right, controlling situation because a man was taking care of everything and he held it over my head at any chance he got. And and at this point in my life, I am not in that situation any longer. It feels so much better to be able to still maintain my same lifestyle and provide these things for myself without 
a man, you right. know, like I'll, I'll take gifts and I'll take help. But the fact that I can do these things on my own, it just feels so much better to know that I did it on my own. So absolutely. And also, I think there's a there's a thing, you know, that, that and this is why I wrote my last book, Truth About Men. And also why I'm writing this book is that we love that book. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Thank you. And FYI, um, I had three copies and two of them are missing, which means other people <laughs> loved your book as well. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. But we as men, to me, part of where we are right now is not falling into the traps and the tropes of what it means to be a man and, and defining a lot of that with money and dominance you know, no, to me, manhood is communication, care, consideration, of course, mm. leadership, but leadership through, let's talk about this, what works for you? You know, if you're in a situation where that's what the woman wants, let's say as a man, you are not able to do that. Not because you have the capacity, you're just not there on your journey. So then you then try to live up to that expectation and you feel less than, I don't think that's very healthy at all. You know, I mean, at all. I mean, when Megan and I got married, you know, she made way she made way more money than me at that time. You know, now we've been married nine years, and you know, it's about even, if not me, making more. Like, if her expectation was, man, I got to marry a dude who's making as much as me, we wouldn't be married. Sorry, I have capacity to make that amount of money. It just takes time, Mm -hmm. you know. And so, I understand, you know, where my brother is coming from. I would just challenge any person. Any man, any woman, to not fall into these these different uh, uh, roles without identifying if they if that's really what you want to do. Don't just go into it because what society wants, or you saw some post on Instagram and got a lot of traction. That's the worst reason to do it. That's funny that you say that because then that makes me think of guys like Derek Jackson or whatever that actually come out and say like they like they have these certain values and people follow behind them thinking like, okay, well, this man is married. He's been in a relationship for eight years. That's relationship goals. You know, so with you even saying that, like just because it's on the Internet or whatever the case, don't you shouldn't necessarily follow it. But this is what you you're bringing up a really great point. And I just I want to say this: the whole thing with Derek Jackson. You know, I don't know the brother. I didn't even get into the the, the minutia of watching all the videos, but of course I understand what happened. Right. Here, here's here's one thing, one observation that I took away as a man who's in the public eye, who obviously has written books and and has a lot to say about relationship, my perspective on what men and women should and shouldn't do. I looked at the situation and said, first of all, we as men have to do everything we can in our as to make ourselves uncomfortable to tell the truth. And what I mean by the truth is that it's very easy for me as a man to come on a show like this and advise and give great wisdom. That's easy. The truth of the matter is every man is an imperfect messenger because I'm still a man. And so, yes, I have ideas and thoughts. And I live by those as best I can, but I also understand the internal struggle of being a man. And it's not easy. And so what I saw with that Derek Jackson thing, my thing was like, woe unto any man that just takes a position about this is what women should do without any understanding of saying, hey, yeah, I think that this is what women should do. This is what men should do. But like, I'll be honest. We're all trying to figure this thing out. We all human now. We all human. 
We all human and none of us have this figured out perfectly. We're all learning. We're on a journey. And so I, it just it just was a word of caution even to me to say, I'm not trying to put myself in a position where I know everything because I don't. You know, that's why I wrote this book. I say, hey, man, I had to, there was a part of me uh, growing up where people called me Mr. Perfect because I did everything right. <laughs> and I, of course, I said, oh, this is great. I'm Mr. Perfect. And <laughs> as I got older, I was like, I work on killing Mr. Perfect because it's just not true. It's a facade. It's a persona. Mm-hmm. It's not reality. And so, again, I don't know the brother. I, I don't I'm not hating on that brother or any other brother. But as as men, we have to be cautious the tone in which we give advice to women. Right. And yet every man knows the struggle. It is hard. It's difficult. And so if I stand up on this platform and say, oh, you know, that's why I wrote Truth About Men. Yo, we got this dog in us. It's in us. It's in me. Right. <laughs> I've not mastered it. I work on mastering it every day. I got to do my work. I can't come out here saying, oh, I've got it mastered. Everything's great. No, I don't. I work on it. I deal with it. It ain't easy. Some days are easier than others. But to not try to get on a pedestal for a profit and act like we got it all when we know we don't. That was my takeaway from that situation. And any brother that I can talk to who's giving advice, I try to share with them like, yo, nothing wrong with the advice, but take the edge off of, you know, it all. Mm-hmm. Take the edge off of that and offer it with some humility, with some grace and saying, hey, I'm still working through this, too. Right. What were some expectations on you that you feel were unrealistic because you had them coming from everywhere, like from the church, from people who are paying attention to your marriage, from the community, social media? What about you? Like, what are some things you're like, Okay, this is impossible. And what did you have to change about yourself and your own expectations? Yeah. You know, I mean, I I was raised in the church, you know, been Christian all my life. And so, you know, just the idea, my reason, my initial goal uh, growing up was I wanted to go to Hollywood. I wanted to become, you know, a producer. And so coming from a religious background, that was frowned. You know, like, you can't go to Hollywood. It's Sodom and Gomorrah. It's the devil's mm-hmm. playground. You're going to lose your faith. You're going to have to compromise. And so that was one of the first expectations that I had to say, guess what, y'all? I got to live for what's in my heart. I, hey, if you don't agree, pray for me. I got to go, you know, and so I, I went, came to the entertainment business, you know, became successful, worked at Sony Pictures for 10 years. and Now we're in my own production company. So I have succeeded in that way. But one of the other expectations is this. Now, yes, uh, cool. Hey, hold on, come on now. <laughs> Journey, right? One of the other expectations was with success, if you're not careful, comes a trap of like, oh, Finding too much of my identity mm. in the success and the expectation that if I'm not producing a hit movie or got a successful book or, you know, on television, then I'm not making it. What's wrong with you, Devon? Man, dude, what's up with you, man? You just did this thing on social media. Nobody liked that. What's wrong with you? Like internalizing. So the expectation is like, oh, I have to be this all the time. No, I had to learn. One thing I should expect of myself is to be who I am. Mm. And if I really keep working on who I am. And, and, and when I say work on who I am, I'm like work on, you know, times when I'm angry and frustrated and, you know, deal with my issues of being an adult child of an alcoholic and deal with my perfectionism issues. The more I do that, the more it has allowed me to resist the temptation 
to live up to anybody else's expectation. You know, and so it's been a process because we all listen, I'm I'm a I don't know if y'all have this, but I like to be liked, <laughs> you know. I like people's approval. I like it. Um, but at times I've liked it too much. Mm-hmm. I liked it so much that I put my value in it. And when they like me, I feel fantastic. But when they don't, I feel devastated. And that was an expectation that I had to remove of like, I can't live for anybody else. I can't, I can't live for my wife. I love her. I can't live for her. At the end of the day, I, I only life that I'm responsible to live is the life that I have been given. And I have to make sure at every turn that I'm living based upon the expectations that I choose. Others can have expectations of me. And if I choose those expectations, great. It doesn't mean that someone having an expectation of me is wrong. It just means if I do it without them, without me thinking about it. You know, my religious, you know, being from the church, you know, I have gotten to the place where I love the Lord. I'm completely, you know, a follower of Christ, have no problem with that. But I don't do anything to live up to someone's religious expectation of who I should be and what I should do. I don't do it. They say that, and I'm about to switch gears a little bit. You know I was, because <laughs> you see it in my face. So I do, love it. Switch. Do they say that people that's in the church sometimes would be a little bit more freakier than regular people? Now, have you come across that where it's been like women in the church and stuff like that? I kind of throw them panties at you, even though you're married or even maybe before you get what I'm saying that you like, hold on. Uh, Because we see a lot of preachers and pastors that get caught up and caught out there. So did you ever have to be like, I know I talk about relationships and all that, but like find yourself, sis. (laughs) <laughs> not not here. Find yourself in God, not in me. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I I have not had that experience so much being married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but you know, prior to marriage and going to your question about, you know, uh, why, you know, are women or men in the church, you know, and whatnot. <laughs> one of the reasons why that idea persists and there is truth. There's truth in every stereotype and and usually truth in every rumor. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, is that suppression, mm-hmm. right? So what happens in, in religious communities, you know, there's no healthy outlet to do what you all do on this podcast. Mm-hmm. You talk about more things than sex, but you talk about sex, right? That's like, it's yeah. like an outlet to talk about sex and talk about every aspect of it. And, and in that's a non-judgmental manner where we're based right. on. Mm-hmm. Right. A safe Everybody, space. You know, it's a safe space to talk about sex. Uh, the church is not a safe. It's the most unsafe space to talk about sex. Now, God made us all sexual, right? And and, and in, in a church community, most of the time, people are being taught to repress a, an aspect of their creation. And so in order to fit in and be everyone's expectation, you go along with the presentation. Mm. Not going to talk about it. Hey, it doesn't exist. Oh, I give God the glory. You know, everything's good. God is good all the time. I'm good. Right? <laughs> Won't he do it? You know, that's Won't how they Yes, he will. You in the pew and you're horny as ever. Nobody, no, 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 no. You're supposed to be holy over horny. Okay. The reality is without an outlet to talk about these feelings, doesn't mean you have to act on the feeling. Just talking about it is cathartic enough to be able to deal with it in a healthy way. Because the church tends to repress, those feelings get suppressed. And so when someone has been suppressing those sexual feelings and they get into an an environment where they can let it out, 
a lot of times it goes to the extreme, you know, because again, going back to what we talked about earlier, no one perfect person I believe to walk this earth was Jesus Christ himself. None of us are perfect. And so if I try to present even as a minister, even as a person in the public that, Hey, I've got it all together. And no, 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 I work on it. Right. But I know who God created and I got to do my work so I can be the best of the, of the creation. Because if I don't do my work, this other thing in me is going to going to come out. And so, yes, you're yes, there is some truth to that idea that, you know, when you have repression, especially in religious communities, that that can come out in what we call, oh, man, being real freaky in certain situations because there has never been a healthy outlet like a lip service to talk about these things and to know how to deal with them. Yeah, because yeah, God created head too, so you can't just act <laughs> like it then. <laughs> well, that's too, that's, that's how we got here, okay? <laughs> but you know, you you have that in the book. Anything that you suppress, you empower, right? And that's so right. it's kind of it's kind of like a dam bursting, literally. That, no, literally, and that's why I wrote it. <laughs> I wrote the damn. book. I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that damn to burst. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I want people. Unless to it's Megan's, okay. <laughs> We're talking about the dam of oh, suppression. Damn, oh, Gloria. <laughs> what is the difference between expectation, expectations and standards? Whoa, so, where's your mind at? Expectations. Expectations. I can't say it. <laughs> expectations and standards. What's the difference? So, 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 an expectation is a strong belief that something will happen in in the future. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, standard. Is 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 a is a commitment to how you want to live your life. Here is the danger when these two get mixed. Here's what I mean by that. I have certain ways that I have committed to living my life, certain disciplines, certain way I like to work out, what I like to eat. Those are how I like to work. Those are my personal standards. It's dangerous when I treat my personal standard as an expectation for how everybody else should operate. Mm. And then I judge them when they don't meet my standard the way that I do. It's okay for me to have standards and this because this works for me. But I talk about this in the book. Be careful when you project your standards onto others and then you judge them or vilify them because they don't meet them. The same way I don't want anybody else to make their standard my standard is the same way we should resist the temptation to do the same. So that's the real difference. An expectation is a belief. It's a hope. It's an idea of like, okay, Here's what's within my control that I'm hoping for, that I'm working towards, that I am working towards, right? Mm -hmm. And if I want to find out if somebody else will agree to that expectation, I have to communicate that to them. So let's say I have a standard. Let's go back to what the game posted. Let's say as a woman, you have a standard. I want every man I go out with to pay for me. Okay, that could be your standard. How do you set that expectation? Through communication. Hey, before we go on this date, here's my expectation. Do you agree to that or no? Oh, you don't agree to that? Okay, no problem. I don't want to date guys that don't pay. Or, guess what? I have. Here's my standard. I don't let any guy pay for me. Period. Are you cool with that expectation? Because I don't want to get to dinner and then you come in there and you secretly pay the bill because I'm going to leave. I don't like that stuff. Now, that sounds crazy. I've never heard hey, of that. I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I think it sounds crazy because I'm thinking on a man's side, right? So say he already knows he's going to pay or whatever the case. So he calls you up like, hey, you know, today we're going to STK, right? We're going on a nice date. I'm going to pick you up. Everything's going to be great. 
You can order the lobster, get the shrimp skin, whatever you want to get, lamb, sis, do what you want to do. But at the end of the night, you're going to suck this dick. I'm mm. <laughs> like, because I look at it like this, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Because now it might be one man that I go out, say it's two guys, right? And we do the same date, same thing. We're vibing with one of them. I might just want to feel like that at the end of the night. It might be the other guy that I feel like I don't feel the connection there. So even if we have that conversation, to me personally, I'm a vibe person. I'm a, you know, aura person. Like when we get around each other, how are we laughing? Do we yeah. feel good? Chemistry. So just you chemistry, just you telling me, are we talking? And even though we might be like, okay, I get what you're saying and I get what I'm saying. But when we get in, in at the table, it's awkward and now we're not talking. So now you think I'm going to suck your dick just because you told me at the beginning of this conversation, after oh. dinner, this is what you're used to. You yeah, you can, and you can also always change your mind and say... You can, yeah, because if not, that's rape and I'm going to call the police. Yeah, you can always say it. <laughs> But this is so good. This is so good. Again, we're talking about expectations and setting our expectations and, and getting the power back, right? When you, when you, what you talk about, nothing wrong with it. Everyone can live their life. What I would say is... Has that way of operating produced the result you want? Like as far as working on based on like how my feelings are? How does only, that work only, for me? Only living in the vibe. I want to get a vibe. I don't want to over communicate. I just want to feel it out. If it has, wonderful. But if it hasn't, maybe it's like, all right, are there some adjustments I can make right. that I can communicate a little more clearly to just create a little bit more structure around what I want? Because I vibed out a lot, and the vibe without the communication went away. Right? Yeah. The vibe burned out. Okay. (laughs) You know, vibe is canceled. There's no more vibe magazine. Okay. (laughs) It's online. Because there's these expectations, you know, that come up, and we didn't actually set a lay foundation of communication. So when things start to get a little weird, I want to rely on the vibe, but the vibe has no structure, mm. you know? And so our foundation has no structure. So when things get tough, I, we don't have the, the foundation to, 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 to get to talk about it. So again, I understand the, ex, the, the idea that I'm presenting sounds completely foreign. I get it. And of course I'm painting in the most extreme example, Absolutely. but, but right. communicating what you want and being clear about it. I'm a firm believer in that even if it's uncomfortable, because you know what's more uncomfortable? Investing time of your heart and your body in somebody that you thought was going to give you something you may have wanted. And then you realize didn't. Mm-hmm. Stop sucking dick for lobster. Yeah. I mean, I buy my own lobster, but I do, I do feel like sometimes when you're talking to somebody and you're just meeting them in the beginning, and we say this all the time. It's like you meet a representative. So sometimes yeah, a person all will, the time. yeah, they'll paint out a picture of somebody that they claim they are or they seem mm-hmm. like they are. Even their expectations like, oh, I want this and this, this, that, and the third. And you may feel like you're on the same page. But once you really get to sit down, it's like, I thought you said this is, you know, this is what right. you wanted. Mm-hmm. And it's like not that at all, you know? But, but, but the beauty of that is when we set expectations and, and we communicate them, we then can have accountability. That's true. Right That's now, true. I can actually hold somebody accountable. You right? said, you, right. you weren't da, 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 then why are you doing this, this, and that? 
Okay. <laughs> He'd be like, I said that. Yes, you did. I got the text message still. Here is the receipt screenshot. Yeah, this is what you said. Ring on it. We all say, uh-uh-oh, okay? Devon, what would you tell couples, and I've heard people talk about this a lot, where they're, the amount of times that they have sex doesn't match up. Like sometimes one person wants to have sex three times a week. The other person is like, I'm good every other week. So what do you say in that? Like, how do you compromise? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, hey. I'm over there like every other week, once? <laughs> like, nah, we got to get a divorce. I'm sorry. You didn't tell me that in the first date. <laughs> uh, I, I, would, I would tell couples, especially when it comes to sex and you are getting married, first and foremost, one, you need to set expectations. But two, I would take every expectation off because here's what happens. And I talk about this in the book. When we're single, the issue of sex is not nearly a problem because there's there's less expectations. You don't even know this person. You're not sure where it's going to go. No problem, right? Given sex. No problem. It is what it is. It's an exchange. It's part of the process. Whatever. When you get married, it's a totally different ballgame. Because now there's the expectation of what does that mean? Okay, wait. Now you're my husband. You're my wife. Oh, yeah, I've been thinking about this my whole life. Now it's here. Now what? What does that mean? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And as a result, sex becomes much more complicated because there's so many more expectations at play. So I would really encourage a couple, hey, go easy on each other. Take the expectation off and work to communicate and find the compromise. Everyone has a different sex drive, you know, and unless you happen to marry the person with the perfect sex drive, there's always going to be a compromise, you know? So it's like, all right. You know, he may want to do it twice a week and she's like, I need it every day. Okay, great. Let's just try to find the, the happy medium. We do it a couple times a week. Okay. Yeah. Right. right. You got to just find the happy medium and compromise um, because if you don't do it, you're going to drive each other crazy. And uh, and also in my experience when, especially in marriage, if the sex isn't happening at the frequency that you want, a lot of it has to do with everything that's happened outside the bedroom. Mm. You know, if there's some issues, resentments, things that didn't get discussed, the quality of your marriage usually is revealed in what does or doesn't happen in the bedroom. So if you're good at compromise and good at communication, then you can bring that into the bedroom and you can find the right communication. But if outside you feel like, you know, one spouse feels like they're giving more than the other. And then in the bedroom, that spouse that keeps receiving and never giving wants to keep receiving the one who's giving say, no, I don't know. I don't feel like doing that. I ain't in the mood for that. No, 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 no. When you, when you give me some equity out there, I think some equity in here. So I just <laughs> to go easy and take the expectation off the bedroom and build it together so you can find what works for both of you. What about cheating in a relationship? Like, say you're in a committed relationship and somebody steps out. Do you feel like that should be a deal breaker because maybe y'all spoke about things or whatever and they knew how you felt about that or whatever the case is? Or do you think that maybe that person made a mistake and it is that you could give them a chance? You know what I mean? Like, what do you feel about that? You know, my feeling is that in any situation where trust has been breached, first and foremost, there's no rule book. Every person in every relationship has to do what works best for them. What I would say is if trust has been breached, you got to get to the root of, well, well, where did the cheating come from and why? In my experience, people sometimes stay in a relationship when trust has been violated, not because it's what they want, because they feel expected to do it. And so for me personally, 
Um, I don't know what I would do, you know, if Megan cheated on me. I don't know. I, I, oh, I don't let's know. not even put that out there. Let's not. But no, but I'm just saying. Megan is not going to cheat. No, but it's <laughs> a good question. Like, how do you yeah. deal with cheating, right? right. Every couple's got to decide, you know, what works best for them, but you got to get to the root of it. You know, I don't believe that it's it's unsalvageable if somebody cheats. You know, but it's a personal decision. You got to really do the work to say, okay, well, why did that happen? Where okay. did it come from? And can I get over it if you're the person that was cheated on? And if you did the cheating, the one thing I would say is you don't get to set the terms for right. the forgiveness. I feel like the no. cheater always the one trying to set the term. You like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You got to get over it. But let me ask you this as a man, because I feel like this, right? I feel like as women, we always want to know all the details, like what happened, this, this, and that. We want to talk to the other one, like all that stuff. Would mm-hmm. you want to know all the details? Or you think it's better to not have those moments in your head forever? Here's what I would say. I, I would say that. Devon, you look like you just got cheated on. I don't I even know. like that. Oh, like, <laughs> like, no, 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 no. He already went into that space mentally. He saw I, it all over your face. He hates it. No, no, ain't no cheating going on over here on either side. Um, but but the reason why I pause and really got pensive is because this is an issue so many people deal with, you know, and 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 how much facts, how many of the facts do you need to know and what don't you need to know, right. you know, um, because what happens is what you don't know can drive you crazy. Mm hmm. But if you know, know, we'll drive your ass crazy. Yeah. You know, so, so I think that some details are important. Did you use a condom? That's a very important detail, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I would, I would resist temptation to ask so many things that then you're just, you, it drives you crazy. Mm-hmm. Ask enough so you can get a clear picture of why it happened. But I would resist the temptation to ask so much that you could never repair it because you're pl- you're replaying all the details in your head. Right. And I also feel like, and I know this might sound sick as fuck, but I also feel like that's what makes the person believe that they can get away with those things. Like if they tell you like, you know, well, we had sex without a condom and you ultimately forgive them and they do it again. They'll be like, well, you know, last time I, I feel like I, I know I made a mistake, but you forgave me last time. Like literally I was in a relationship and the guy said to me, we broke up obviously, but he said to me like, well, in the beginning, like you dealt with this. So when it was, when we started transitioning into like a real serious relationship, I didn't think that it was that serious of a deal because I felt like you got over it before. You know, them vibes, girl, them vibes came back. Well, no, that wasn't a vibe situation. That was my friend. He was a friend that turned into somebody I started dating eventually. And that was a mistake, too. But like he would say that he would be like, well, you dealt with it before. So what what does it matter now? And it's like because I grew up and it's been mad years and we're 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 tighter now. everything is different. And I I communicated with him, but he still used it as an excuse. Mm. Right. But because early in the in the dynamic, it sounds like an expectation was set Mm -hmm. that maybe, you know, was was incorrect. You know, the expectation of like, oh, she'll ride with me through whatever. That's not what you were actually saying. It's like, no, I'm going to give you a moment of grace, but don't mistake my kindness for weakness. 
Right. I ain't no ride or die. I I will tell you, I am not a ride or die. Okay. I'm a, you could die if you decide to let somebody else ride on you. If you know, let me out. Okay. (laughs) I like to ride, but I don't want to die, baby. Okay. She rode you. Now it's time for you to die. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, look, Devon has to go, but I do appreciate the fact that you took the time out to talk with us. And we're so excited. I got a chance to read part of the book already. So I'm already rethinking some of the ways that I act in life. And I've also been paying attention to your singles conversations that you've been having on Instagram as well. So well, that's what I need to tune into. So put oh, me on because I wasn't. Tell me about the singles conversation so other people like me can join. You know, in. We've been having single. I mean, I've been doing these single Zooms, Zooms for singles. And mm-hmm. it's been amazing. I mean, people from all over the world, uh, all races, all ages, you know, coming into the Zoom. Uh, we spend a little bit more than an hour. It's amazing because, you know, singleness is a hard walk. You know, I remember how difficult it was before I got married. And you don't always feel there's a community around singles. You know, there's a community around relationships and marriage, but not communities around singles. So, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to do Zooms to help promote live free, but also to really encourage singles in their walk, give them information, give them tips and tools, and mostly encouragement. You know, right. like, hey. It's going to be all right. You're going to make it through. And uh, it has been amazing. So we've been doing them every week leading up to the book launch. Especially during this pandemic, because it's been tough, even tougher being for people who are single during the Me pandemic. Me and Gigi going to pull up, right, G? Yeah, we pulling up. Pull up. <laughs> I think I'm almost over being single. It's fun, but I'm bored now. I work too much. I'm married to my job. <laughs> I like money, so... If somebody could fit into the in-betweens, then that's cool. Slip but otherwise, yeah, I don't have no time. Um, Mama Todd. You- <laughs> <laughs> well, Devon, well, as always, we really appreciate you. People always are yeah. like, Devon's going to do lip service. I'm like, yeah. uh, yes. Yeah. Like, it's not a problem. He doesn't he was, mind discussing anything. He was just talking about getting head. So we'll make sure we make that the headline. No. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> the headline. But- but you know, listen, no, people no, have no. these expectations of Devon that he won't do lip service and look at him breaking that. Yeah. Hey, that's it. We live it free. We live it free. Yeah, live free. free. Drinking no. Elion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you so much for coming. Lip service.